Welcome to the 50th episode of Movie Interrupted, that podcast that interrupts your day to talk movies. I'm Luke Ryan, and in today's episode, we'll be discussing the prequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Wonka, followed by a recommendation for you. But first, in movie news, the DCEU has come to an end. After 10 years of the DC Extended Universe, the release of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom signifies the end of an era in superhero movies. Now, it's been a, what, a decade? A decade of ups and downs where actors have been lifted to A-list status. And certainly we got perfect casting with some of our favorite heroes. Many will agree. I mean, Henry Cavill is Superman. Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. And Ben Affleck is Bruce Wayne. It's this perfect casting that makes so many of the lost opportunities of the DCEU so brutal because it was like lightning in a bottle, never to happen again. During its 10-year run, we got some amazing films which capitalised on this perfect casting. Wonder Woman, Man of Steel, Aquaman to name a few. But amongst that was a studio trying desperately to get into the mix in what Marvel had created. They tried to catch up, they tried to get the big stakes, but they didn't get there. As someone who didn't respond to the dark tones of the Snyderverse, you can't deny the power of his fan base and the fan base of these amazing superheroes. I mean, hell, they got a huge movie re-released and edited in the way it was truly intended. Now, we look ahead for the era that James Gunn will bring. Will he be able to give us great characters and story-driven films? Will he continue to mine the back catalogue for stellar soundtracks? And will he rid us of our superhero fatigue? If the casting rumours are anything to go by, he's off to a good start. In today's movie, Wonka, with dreams of opening a shop in a city renowned for its chocolate, a young and poor Willy Wonka discovers that the industry is run by a cartel of greedy chocolatiers. Starring Timothy Chalamet and directed by Paul King, Wonka channels the classic Roald Dahl elements into this upbeat and fun family film. I can see you're a man of great ingenuity. What are you doing? I'm making chocolate, of course. How do you like it? Dark, white, nutty, absolutely insane. Many people have come here to sell chocolate. They've all been crushed by the chocolate cartel. You can't get a shop without selling chocolate, and you can't sell chocolate without a shop. I saw Wonka uh, with my seven-year-old, and so I got to get two different perspectives of it. Now, I kind of prepped him for this film by watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory the day before, and I noticed straight away after we watched the film and we've talked about it, he had no idea about the chronological idea of prequels versus main films. He, He kept going, why was this guy young and why was this guy old and he, he definitely felt like they were two different characters. So I found that really interesting from a kid's perspective. Let's start off with some of the songs of this film because this is just like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, full of really great and fantastic songs. 
like the original, there are some songs that just don't stick in your head. They, they capture the moment well enough, but they're not caption, catchy enough to resonate with you. However, when the film goes for those really big moments, the songs are truly beautiful. Uh, two that stand out for me are when Wonka opens his first chocolate store. And this song really kind of captures the vibe of pure imagination, which is filtered throughout this whole movie. But this song really gave it something fresh, something new, while still having that nostalgic vibe to it. Have a listen. Chocolate bushes, chocolate trees, chocolate flowers and chocolate bees, chocolate memories that a boy once saved. In these moments, you really start to see Timothy Chalamet's Wonka kind of merge together with the Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka. They're not perfect, and you wouldn't expect them to be because of the age difference. It really took some conscious thought to ensure that I didn't put them in the same categories, that I wasn't looking at Timothy Chalamet's Wonka and, and comparing it, because they are different. They haven't been through the same life experiences. This Willy Wonka is extremely naive. He can't read. There are so many other things that go along with this character that we obviously don't get in the later Wonka. So it's really important that you really make that clear distinction. The other song that really stands out is the new take on the song Pure Imagination. It, it doesn't compare to the original and really no song can. Pure Imagination is one of the best songs in cinema history it's so elegant and beautiful. Lyrically, it's so fun. And Gene Wilder plays it so well that nothing is going to compare. However, this new one, it provides something different. And I just found myself really grinning like a Cheshire cat in the cinema, just enjoying the moment and the song and um, the journey we had been on when we finally get up to that song. In Wonka, we're met with a whole plethora of characters, and these characters are all really good. I mean, casting did a wonderful job. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, as I've mentioned, is a very good young Wonka. He kind of captures that youthful um, um, innocence, that belief that everybody's going to be kind to him, and as the world around him reacts to him, he starts to learn that maybe this isn't the case. I really like the way he engages with the different characters. And while there are a couple of moments where his enthusiasm felt forced, for the most part, I really fell in, in love with this character and found it really engaging and moving through the story. The team that's, that was stuck in the hotel were a really good eclectic bunch. We had a nice mix of different characters. And even though, I, like even now I've seen the movie today, I can't remember their names their distinct characteristics make them really easy to tell apart. And they all had worthwhile moments in the film to contribute. And a couple of good songs too. Along with these characters come all of the different, I would call them kind of celebrity cameos, which are probably only there because, you know, it is a Wonka film. If you're an actor, it's kind of a thing, a feather in your cap to say, hey, I've been in a Wonka film. And along with that, we have the team who produced Paddington behind this. And they're well-renowned for having multiple 
very famous British actors and actresses in their film. So it makes sense that that carries over to this one. Another of the casting is the, I mean, the Hugh Grant of it all. It was really a non-event. I recall the outcry when the trailer came out and we saw little Oompa Loompa Hugh Grant. And while I could kind of see where the communities were coming from, especially the actors who are little people who are renowned for having those roles, uh, I understood where they were coming from. But I still kind of felt like it's fine for Hugh Grant to play this role. It's it's an imaginary make-believe character and this is the voice that the writers imagined when they wrote this part. So, you know, the inflections and the way the Oompa Loompa spoke, it was Hugh Grant's voice. So if someone else was doing it, would they just be doing an imitation of Hugh Grant? He really didn't bring anything super to it anyway. Like it was a pretty stock standard role. I don't think anyone else could have brought anything different. It'll be interesting to see where they go, if and when they get a green light for a sequel, and if Hugh Grant returns. Um, some of the nods to the original were great to see, and they weren't too heavy-handed. I never felt like it was fan service. It was just like subtle nods here and there, like, oh, okay, I recognize this and I recognize that. Um, we're told from the beginning, Wonka is a magician and has traveled the world. These kind of facts really give the film license to push the boundaries where it's possible. The film, you know, occasionally goes very close to the line on these parameters, but the story's so fun that you kind of forgive and accept so much. There are moments where Willy Wonka almost seems like Mary Poppins as he pulls items of different size out of his top hat. But you're just having such a good time, you go with it. At no point did I go, well, how did that work? <laughs> and and I think that's where a lot of other films really lose us is um, we're, we're not caught up in the story and so we're constantly nitpicking different logistical things. The villains were also really great. <laughs> I particularly laughed each time um, one of the cartel chocolate makers, who I can't remember his name right now, he gagged every time someone mentioned the word poor and it happened at various intervals throughout the film and it was just so organic and you would forget about it and then suddenly it would happen and it was quite hilarious. It made you giggle. Um, Matt Lucas was one of the chocolatier villains. He was probably the odd one out in the bunch. He was often making really weird lines and he did it in his kind of out of place accent where the other two were just speaking in a normal voice. Um, that would be the only little nitpick there. Some of the character development that tiptoed around the kind of canon of the film was a bit questionable. Um, Slugworth was our main villain, our main chocolatier and the head of the cartel. And it, it seems like a really big event will need to happen between now and the, the um, original film so that he's no longer the recognizable face of the company. You know, you think of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Wonka convinces all the kids that this scarred white man is Slugworth. Now, if we're led to believe this film, Slugworth is this big, all-compassing character. Everyone knows who he is, what he looks like. He's a black man. So <laughs> something's going to need to happen to kind of take him out of the zeitgeist so that the future Wonkas the future Wonka will be able to fool all the children. And I hope we kind of get that if we get a sequel. While the songs were fantastic, like I mentioned before, 
the dubbing, the dubbing with the actors as they lip synced and lip moved was not. There were a few songs where the extra cast, in particular the villains, looked like they kind of gave up on syncing it at all. Um, it's not a big deal, you know, it's not massive, but these sort of moments kind of take you out of the film's momentum. They detract from the big scenes. Some of the dance scenes also were really plagued by some really kind of dodgy and out-of-focus camera work. Uh, we were quite close to the big screen, and often when the camera panned across huge big um, dance scenes, it would move at such a rapid pace that the image would blur slightly and you kind of take a moment to adjust yourself to regain focus of these dancers. Um, it, it was, a, again, not a major thing, but another thing that just kind of sucks you out of that moment where you should be captivated by the dancing performances. These little quibbles, you know, they don't detract from a fantastically fun and energetic film. Overall, Wonka is a perfect prequel to the classic and opens the doors to learn more about the journey of Wonka as he gets closer and closer to the version we know and love. Timothy Chalamet excels in the role and holds his own in the singing and the dancing department. I hope the success of this film helps greenlight the next film because I am hungry for more. You've been listening to Movie Interrupted, a Tum Drum podcast. Learn more about the show at instagram.com slash tumdrummedia and see the other podcasts available now. We'll be taking a couple of weeks break over the summer. I'm Luke Ryan and be safe and enjoy the holiday season. Bye.